Welcome to Story Smack. Hello, my name is A. Kovacs, and I'm a founding partner at Empty Set Entertainment. And I am Scott Sigler, New York Times bestselling novelist, and you probably shouldn't harm my dog. <laughs> yes, true. This is episode 10 of Story Smack, a podcast about stories and story- storytellers in the world of pop culture. We are going to take a look today. We're going to talk about John Wick, but yes. first we're going to tell everybody out there, this is coming to you late in the day on Friday. It may even come on Saturday. And... um we have been under an enormous deadline this week, and we have a handful of things going on, big things rolling for next week. Yep. So we had to postpone our normal recording. We normally record on Wednesday or Tuesday for publication on Friday. We didn't get to do that. So this is sort of a fast and loose version of the Story Smack. We're going to talk about the movie that we watched, but... Yep. I don't think you have all that many details about the fast, production. Fast and loose. No, I did not do my my usual homework when mm. I go through and find lots of juicy, gossipy tidbits about the movie, but not this time because uh, we're 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 working on something. Something we're working on some things that we can't talk about yet, but hopefully will be fun. Hopefully will be fun. So our time has been in demand the past weeks. So yes. So this is this is the you know what oh. You know what story? You know what story smack this is? No. This is the wild card story smack. Oh Lord! Why do you gotta be all fast and loose, Sigler? Oh, oh and Kovacs, either you toe the line, or I'll have your badge and your gun, and I'll bust you down and move in moving traffic. I don't. I don't have a badge or a gun. <laughs> wild card. <laughs> and loose. for the folks listening at home, if you think he doesn't do that, I'd say uh, two, three times a month randomly out of nowhere you are mistaken you know i do that you do because i'm a loose cannon yeah, yeah well, okay right. i don't know i don't play by the rules i should have known <laughs> all right let's talk about this movie so we watched john wick on um video uh monday last week sometime yeah. i watched it over the weekend and mm-hmm. then you watched it i think monday yes so fresh in our minds um if you haven't seen john wick this is going to be a spoiler cast for john wick for sure mm-hmm. and um and probably anything other Keanu-related movies. So this is your official there spoiler may, there warning. There may be other Keanu references. We're not entirely sure. But I will. I will say, oof! I love this movie. It was. It's. It's quite awesome. We're gonna right off the bat. We're gonna talk about what the primary thing that makes this movie awesome, amongst some other things, is if you are a child of the '80s like myself, and mm-hmm. you grew up watching action movies that had a wonderful fight choreography. Oh Lord. And actual people who knew how to work cameras and actually paid for tripods. In other words, you grew up in the 80s. You didn't have to deal with all this shaky cam bullshit. And I know it makes me old. Oh, you know, I know it makes me old that I hate the, sh- I hate the shaky cam. When I was a kid, you could see what was happening in a movie. It, it makes you seem incredibly old, not just because you hate the shaky cam, which, you know, it is what it is. You don't mm-hmm. like it. That's fine. But you bring it up just that way. Every time yeah, yes. you have to say the whole story about the eighties and how he used to do it, but it's totally true. This, this, uh, movie has very, 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 very many fight scenes and very, 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 very few shaky cam, very few shaky cam. And the fight scenes are, they're excellent. They're really well done. And one of the great tidbits about this is a couple tidbits. This is great. John Wick, uh, Keanu Reeves does 90% of his own stunts in this. Mm-hmm. He does the vast majority of the fight scenes. I'm going to guess my favorite stunt is the 20 foot fall from the balcony onto the floor where he lands on his back. I'm going to guess that wasn't him. But other than, other than that, he does all this stuff himself. And a side note, as an author, 
I take firearms training to learn how to use the things that I write about Mm -hmm. because I have no background in that whatsoever. No military background. We were not a gun owning family. So a lot of the stuff, of course, in almost almost every book in the modern era involves weaponry of some kind. So you got to do this. My instructor over the weekend, I had a course and we got talking about John Wick and he trains, he goes and trains under the guy who also trains Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And I'll have to find it and put it in the post. There's this great video of Keanu Reeves training for John Wick too. Okay. Where he's out, you know, out on a range somewhere, dirt and dusty and whatever. And it's, it's lights out cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really, really uh, intense and there. And this is one of the things that I love about Keanu Reeves, you know, especially when he was much, when he was more prolific, I think mm-hmm. maybe before the matrix. And he was like, Oh, now I can do anything I want. <laughs> um, and he was literally making tons and tons and tons of movies. People would dog his performance, dog all his ability all the time. He was a time. punchline. He was a punchline. And I think he has, has something that, is rare in Hollywood and is so necessary. He is good at knowing how good he is. So he um, will pick a part that he knows he can do. And I don't mean to say like a middling, middle range, middle acting, whatever. Like he, he picks some hearty things, but he also understands where his sweet spot is better than a lot of people I know. And John Wick is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy who Uh, Keanu Reeves is not a guy who chooses a lot of movies that have tons and tons and tons of dialogue. And John Wick doesn't have a lot. He's a, he's a guy who shows, doesn't tell. He is a guy who shows, doesn't tell. And uh, my fire instructor, so he's actually got to be out there with Keanu Reeves a couple times. Oh, fun. uh, He said, yeah, he's, he's a a functioning operative type guy. All the stuff you see him doing with the guns and all the other things. He can actually handle the weapons that way and do all those things. So if you haven't watched John Wick and you go in and you know that watching it or you watch it again, I think it adds a higher level of enjoyment to the movie. Like, okay, so hopefully Keanu Reeves never has to be in a situation like this. But if a situation arises, he's loose cannon. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. He's not a loose cannon. Oh, he's we not just, a loose cannon. He's the opposite caught. of he's, yeah. oh, he's a I, He's a tight cannon. I had it the other way around. Yeah, no, he's not a loose okay. cannon. Okay. Although I also... Um, there's a friend of my family who is a stuntman and mm-hmm. he worked on John Wick and on John Wick too. Mm-hmm. And he says this, Dimitri says the same thing that a lot of times, you know, it's the stunt crew that is, you know, if the actor messes up their lines or doesn't meet their mark or something like that, it's them who get, who are getting beat up over and over and over again to go back and reset that that scene Mm -hmm. but in the john wick movies and in his work with keanu reeves he's like he stays the whole that he he's right there with us he's part of the he's part of the stunt team oh that's great yeah it's nice that's great so he has you know as you said he's bill and ted excellent adventure the matrix this guy is giant but this movie this is a 20 million dollar budget for this movie Mm. so this and it it earned 86 million at the box office oh this is all off the top of my head i didn't do the research but so this is a pretty small budget for a guy like him it's a passion project. Um, and gosh, what was the, there was a, they were going to name the movie something else. And then what it was a single word, like spurned or something like that. And he just kept telling everybody he liked the move, the name of the character so much. So he just kept telling everybody, I'm doing this movie called John wick. Uh, really? And eventually That's the true. producers are like, Oh, for fuck's sake, fine. Whatever. Keanu, we'll call it John wick. Yeah. And now we're heading into John wick too. Chapter two, it's going to be great. So I actually saw John Wick in the theater in 2014 when it came out. And I went with a friend of mine and when we were walking out, he said, 
it took me like halfway through the movie before I realized that he's not on Mars. And I was like, what? what? He's thinking John Carter. <laughs> I'm like, what? Really? Which is, which is not a good movie. Yeah, he's like, I didn't, movie. somehow I thought it was a sci-fi movie. I'm like, really? Because in the first 10 minutes, hitmen in his house kill his dog. Hey, you could go to Mars after that. You don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness. So let's talk about the story. So first of all, I'm going to mention that I have had this idea for a story for 15 years and I never wrote it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm, now I can't write it because it's too much like this. And it was, um, some mafiosa son breaks into a place, kills a guy, kills a dog and kills the guy and robs or whatever and comes back and reports to his dad. Yeah, that mission's accomplished. I got it done pops. And then the next day, the guy comes walking into the, it's an Italian restaurant, of course, because we're going full stereotype. The guy comes walking to the Italian restaurant saying he wants, he wants the boy. And the godfather, the father slash godfather is like, hey, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? And, he, and he's like, and he, so he hires a couple of actual hitmen to go take this guy out. Uh, and he goes and yells at the sons. And he's like, no, I, I killed him. Hires the actual hitman to take him out. They come back. Yeah, we got him. He's gone. Everything's fine. Next day, guy comes in again. And now he's, you know, he's, his body's starting to be a little misshapen. Maybe he's wearing a hat or whatever. Because the guy's a zombie. And <laughs> <laughs> the guy's a zombie. And that was his dog. And that was his only pet. So the guy, he, he keeps coming back until like the fifth time he comes back. He's like, can you either give me your son or I'm going to kill you right now. And the Godfather guy gives up his son because what's he going to do? So the whole thing is revenge for this person, uh, this kid killing. And so it's it's exactly it's, the, it's exactly the same movie except there's John Wick who's a, a hitman and mine was a zombie. Yeah. And now I can't write that goddamn story. So I should have got on that much much should have yeah. So let's talk about the open of the movie. I watched it again and I'd forgotten all of the feels oh, of yes. John Wick. Oh yes, all of the feels. It opens up so sad, like right out of the gate. Uh, you give me, give me a break with this tearjerker beginning. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. The loving wife who rescues him from the life. Although you don't know that the first time, you know it the second time she has saved him from this life and given him something to live for. Oh, and then Ellen gets sick. And then Ellen is such a cool chick. She sends him a puppy from the grave. She does. Yes. She has arranged to have a puppy delivered and a note that says, um, it says this way you don't have to grieve alone. Please, please mm -hmm. find find your life or find love again or whatever. And she, I actually think this is a pretty nice, sweet, subtle note. Um, in the in the vignettes that we see of him and his wife, and like when he gets up to make a cup of coffee, and you know that this is after his wife's funeral and all that other stuff. Um, there's still two coffee cups on the counter, mm -hmm. and one of them has daisies on it, which was hers. That was her thing, yeah. And she was wearing a bracelet when she died that had daisies on it, so daisies were her thing. And then the dog, she has named Daisy. Yeah. I'm uh, getting choked up right now. It's, it's, it's yeah, crazy. Just, movies are funny. You can watch people get slaughtered by the boatload in action movies. They kill one little puppy, and you're yeah. like, what? Yeah. How could you? So this, and then... I'm going back to the eighties again. Oh Lord. In the eight, in eight. I have no gun and I have no badge. <laughs> it's good because I would bust you down to traffic. If uh, that yeah. was the situation. Mm -hmm. There was another thing in the eighties. This, uh, Keanu Reeves come out and said, John Wick is very much an homage to Hong Kong action flicks, mm -hmm. which are tightly choreographed and tightly paced and are a separate art form unto itself. Just the shooting of the fight scenes is that's what Hong Kong movies are kind of known for. So it's a tip of the hat to that. But also, it's obviously a bit of a tip of the hat to 80s movies because in the 80s, and my buddies Rob Otto and Dan Baker will attest to this, if you wanted to establish someone as the bad guy in a Chuck Norris movie, 
bad guy kills Chuck Norris's dog. Yeah. This is how it's done. In the 80s, make a bad guy, bad guy kills good guy's dog. And at that point, you're in. You're like, you're watching, like, I don't care what happens, I want to see that guy die. Well, and it's such an interesting thing in John Wick because they turn that um, white hat, black hat thing on its tail because... He's a hitman. Yeah, he's a big time hitman. He's a hitman with absolutely no um, remorse for any of that, and you don't you don't actually see that happen him in his element mm-hmm. until say halfway through the film when he's he's getting revenge for his dog in his car, and uh, and he um, by then is already you're already bought in like oh this poor man and then his wife and then his dog and his but he's a fucking hitman. Yeah. He's a big time hitman who's semi-retired. Um, and this is where Keanu Reeves often going back to his acting ability for some reason gets bagged on for that, that vacant expression he has that blank kind of blank stare he has mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. void of emotion, which could not fit this part any more perfect. Clearly right. he's having, he's, he's trying to deal with his wife and that's sad and everything, but he's not over the top sad. And then once all, once the shit show starts that, blank stare he has absolutely fits a guy who can, he kills with no compulsion no remorse as it's they're right. just a thing to him he doesn't he's care good at his job he's and that's his, his job. job so it's interesting I, you're right people people dog him a lot mm-hmm. for for reasons unknown maybe because he's he's good looking or whatever but and then there's that whole sad keanu weave on the internet have you seen this <laughs> no, uh, we he, should link to that too uh yeah but he's uh, one he's this apparently this really good guy in real life. Mm-hmm. So maybe you love to hate him because nobody's that shiny and good. I don't know. But he's uh, in the movies, I think, like he's got that vacant stare a lot when he's Neo in The Matrix as well, what you're calling the vacant stare. But it's totally different than it is in John Wick, which mm-hmm. means it's a decision on his part. I see. I see. I will say this, though. One of my favorite things about watching Keanu Reeves movies is Keanu Reeves, the actor, is pigeon toed. Okay. And so no matter who he is, he's Neo. Explain to them that- what pigeon toes is. What is, oh. pi- what is pigeon toad? Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't think a lot of people know that. You had to explain it to me a while ago. Tell, oh, tell people I? what it is. It's um, his normal gait and his normal step. His um, his feet are pronated a little bit and okay. his toes point inward. Okay. So he walks. Uh, when he walks, you can sort of see, and it's especially for him, it's his right foot. Uh, the toes kind of point in okay. a little, um, which is great because he can be Neo and he's in you know, amazing, amazing shape. And he's wearing black leather and Mm -hmm. he's strapped with guns and knives and everything. And he's like perfect and hot like fire and all that. And then he's pigeon toes. (laughs) I I love it so much. (laughs) I love it so much. So we go into the movie and as in all movies of this type of all, of any type between minutes 10 and 12 of the movie, the setup of evil, the the evil is set up between 10 and 12 minutes. And we get that awesome dude from Game of Thrones. Let me see if I can find his Alfie name. Alfie Allen? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, and he, of course, is um, plays one of the most hapless roles ever in the history of television in his Game of Thrones role. He gets, it does not go well for him. And he's the son. He's Yosef, right? Yeah, he is Yosef. Yeah. He is the son. So we, we get to see all of that wonderful action. And then my favorite scene is John Leganzamo. I'm a huge fan of his. He's mm-hmm. mostly a bit character guy now, right? He does small parts. You don't see him in a, a more prominent role because he's really good at what he does. But he is, he runs a chop shop. And of course, as with all Hong Kong movies with lots of guns and karate, you've also got to have kick-ass cars. And there's a lot of super kick-ass cars. So John Wick's car gets stolen. 
And there's only one chop shop in town that's going to handle a hot car like that. So John Leganzamo has his initial scene with Alfie, mm-hmm. and that doesn't go well. And then he knows that John Wick's going to come to him. And it's my, my favorite part of the movie is watching John Leganzamo's performance when he's been sitting in that garage by himself with two chairs, some brandy, and two glasses, both sitting on the hood of a car, another car, and he's just because he's waiting. Right. He's drinking his drink. And then as soon as John comes in, uh, he's, he pulls, grabs a bottle, pours yeah. in some. Yeah. It's, it's a good scene. You can tell they're familiar with each other, maybe not friendly with each other, but John Leganzamo absolutely knows the person he's dealing with. So you can see he does such a good job of just real suddenly like, I got to do this exactly right. Or I'm right. Gonna get I mean, shot. There's one way to play it. And yeah. I'm not even sure I know what that way is, but I'm going to do my best for it's sure. Great. It's yeah. great. So this movie, uh, I, we, I realize we haven't really talked about the plot, but if you're listening, you sort of know that now it's a ex, uh, hitman whose dog gets killed and he goes to get revenge. Um, so he's again, like kind of halfway through, we start to see him, um, you know, his wife is already dead, all that other stuff. And he's, he's going through that whole process of like, well, first I got to clean up the house and then mm-hmm. I got to bury the dog. And then, mm-hmm. I gotta, and then he goes, and there's a scene where clearly when he left this life behind, he knew he could never be completely without his gear, Right. but he buries it under the concrete, under the floor of the house that they're building or they built or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he has this moment where he's moving shit out of the way in the garage or the basement. He's moving furniture out of the way. And then he takes a giant sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I am not, a um, I'm not really a, a sort of a misfix it kind of a girl. So I had seen John Wick the first time, you know, back in 2014. And then In the climate-ravaged world of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. Pura is a geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. In a time when the world outside is unsafe, it's vital for Pura's existence that people rally behind the purpose of the city, and Demetria Lopez, head of the city's public relations, tirelessly promotes its idyllic image. But when she stumbles on a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she's willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts found myself for the first time uh, handling a mallet or a sledgehammer. Okay. And there, 
a lot heavier than I would have thought because they've got that little bitty head. Yeah. Um, and decided I was going to do that in the backyard uh, at my friend Rod's house. <laughs> and I got the... I got the mallet or the whatever, the sledgehammer up over my shoulder before I realized how heavy, like up swinging over my shoulder before I realized how heavy it was and dropped it and almost hit myself in the head. And I was like, right, I'm not, I'm not cut out to be a hitman. So your guns are going to remain buried in your basement. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Or I'm going to hire somebody to. But you like, told me you don't have a gun or a badge. I don't have a gun or a badge. Do you have a big stack of gold Krugerrands no. anywhere? Because if you do, we can invest that in the company and it'd be great. No, I don't. I don't. At 21 minutes and four seconds into the movie, my second favorite part of the movie, Mayhem shows up. Mayhem, yes. And he is Mayhem. Was he Mayhem then? He must have been Mayhem then, too. I think it's Mayhem then. And uh, that could be a thing where his, his commercials, he's so lights out in those commercials that now you, don't, you look at me like, it's Mayhem! Shit's going to go wrong now. This is going to be great. And things do go very, very wrong for him. I would like to point out Michael Nyquist. I think that's his name. Well, it's N-Y-Q-V-I-S-T. So I don't uh-huh. know if I'm pronouncing that right. As Vigo Tarasov... Uh, he's just killer. He's the overall bad guy in this. He's great. He's so amazing. His subtle, his subtleties in this and setting the stage for when he does go over the top is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the director of photography, every time he's on him, the tight detail they have on him. And it, you just have to imagine they let him work these scenes over and over again because it's such a great combo of director, DP, and actor and lighting every time he's on the screen. It's lights out. Yeah, they do really well. I, um the relationships too of the characters to their environment. Mm-hmm. So um Yosef is always in this sort of chaotic environment when you see when 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 there are scenes that are he's the main focus of. The um the baths, the Turkish baths, mm-hmm. uh are loud and red and noisy and whatever. And then he's in a safe house later in the movie and it there's um there's a a, a video game going on. His friend is playing a video and game and metal. it's loud and yeah. it's metal music in the background. Yeah, it's and a so good they're point. creating a chaotic kind of palette for him. Wow. Cool. And then um and then his dad, who is it Vigo? Vigo. Vigo. Yeah. Um he is always in this very lush, plush kind of environment. He's always drinking out of hugely heavy crystal glasses fireplace, and fire fireplace crackling. and wood and expensive liquors and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's always his richness until he starts to fall apart. And there's the, the scene, um, right. The scene that, that has to happen or else the movie's only 60, 60 minutes long mm-hmm. is they catch John wick yeah. after he, there's a, uh, Vigo owns a church that is, a, they're using <clears throat> as a front and that's where mm-hmm. they do all their money laundering and whatever. And, uh, John Wick finds that out and goes and burns down the church. Mm-hmm. And um, then they catch him and he's in some attic somewhere and it's super sparse and super dark. And what he should do is walk in, walk across the room, shoot John Wick in the head. Shoot him in the head. There's no need to discuss anything. It's over. And uh, that's one thing I want to talk about in this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to go on this. We'll come back to John Wick. The It's almost inevitable in any of the sing man against man against the world scenarios, James Bond, John Wick, all the Chuck Norris movies, whatever movie you want, at some point they get caught and you have the inevitable scene with the the big bad having a nice rational conversation with the guy that he should just put a bullet through his head. And this has been an internet meme for for many years. But I wanted to talk to you about what is it about that scene that is almost mandatory for scriptwriters to put it in. I mean, 
we we talked very briefly about this Monday after you had seen it too, uh-huh. or Tuesday. Um, and I think that, I mean, the problem is it's a, it's a crutch in storytelling that you have to have, or you tell a shorter story, which is why when you see real life um, victims of, of a hit or something like that, mm-hmm. it isn't pretty either. We don't get the lush background and the lush scenery and whatever. It's ugly and horrible and people shit themselves and everything else. When they're shot in the head and they die. That's, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. But we're not paying for re- reality. We're paying for a movie and a story. So I think you just have to roll with it. It's sort of like faster than light travel, I think. Okay. You just have to kind of buy in or else that movie's over in an hour and it's called John Wick and you don't get to see him be a hero. Sure. So I don't know how you would do that. I mean, I'm sure people do it. And I I just can't think of an example where the hero is in a very desperate, almost unsavable position. The all is lost moment, as it's known in script writing. Well, no, not the all is lost moment. The the just before the all is lost moment. I think you can do that where you can bring a lot of that intensity and emotion that for towards the all is lost moment Mm -hmm. without actually compromising how it would work in real life. Like... Yeah, Vigo would have shot him in the head and walked away. Done. Done. So so at that moment, you're, that's the, the, I'm sure you can walk, you can walk right up to the all is last moment and roll yourself back, but I don't know how many people do it well. And that, that scene is interesting because you watch that scene and that's one of the, one of the few weak spots in this movie where you're just like, dude, he would just shoot him. So it takes you out of the movie for a moment. It's easy to get back into it because it's super fun. But the other scene to contrast against that in the same movie is when Vigo calls John Wick on the phone to try and make a deal. This is after the son has killed the dog. This is after Vigo has figured out who he's up against. And he call, and it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant scene. Vigo calls. These guys, Wick, John Wick and Vigo know each other. Mm-hmm. And Vigo, he knows this isn't going to work, but he's got to try. Because it's his baby boy and he's going to try and save his baby mm-hmm. boy. And he talks to John Wick and he says, John, we can talk about this. And uh, Mayhem sitting in the background waiting. And John Wick's got the phone. He's on the phone. He never, he doesn't say a word. He says nothing. He doesn't even say hello. He doesn't say hello. He just hangs up. And then Mayhem's like, what did he say? And Vigo says, enough. (laughs) Which is so fucking badass. All right. A couple more quick points, ma'am. I would like to point out that even though they're well into the movie showing John Wick as a slaughter machine. And uh, uh, my buddy Dan Baker sent me a death count. We're going to read that off. Wick lets Francis the giant-ass doorman at the Red Circle off the hook. This mm-hmm. giant hulking man. Wick comes up, gets a drop on him. Hey, Francis, how it's going? Hello, Mr. Wick. Uh, did you lose some weight? Yes, I did. Okay, why don't you take the night off? At the whole time, knowing Francis even turns around, he's going to get shot. So now John Wick is a mass murderer, but with a heart of gold. Right, well, because it's his job. He's mm-hmm. not doing it because he's psychopathic. He's doing it because that was his job, and that was what he's good at. He might you know? be a little psychopathic. Maybe, but he also might, you know, that's a job that needs filling. That's. You know. <laughs> hey, look, the application was up on Monster. I, I went to Monster.com, and it said, need to kill a shit ton of people. I mean, I saw a gross point blank. Sometimes you just oh, fall gosh. into Hitman. Yeah, you just fall into it, and you just happen to be very good at it. Yeah. So let's go over the kill count here. Uh, we're also going to post... Jot this down from William Renus, if you could. There is a great video from one of the YouTube channels that, the YouTubes. I know, so I'm, I'm bitching about 80s movies, shaky cam and the YouTubes. And they, they edit, it's a super cut of all the kills in John Wick. We're going to post a link to that. So go to scottsigler.com slash John Wick to see that. But here's the stats according to uh, my PhD friend, Daniel Baker. In the house dinner, the first round of kills was 12. 
So when the killers come to take him out at the house, mm-hmm. he kills 12 people. Then at the red circle, he kills 29 people, mm. 29 people, little Russia church, another six parking lot, nine, uh, church two, two. And at the safe house with the metal scene playing eight. And then at the docks, here's where there's a variable. It's 12. Assuming there were six guys in the first SUV mm. for a grand total of 78 kills, not counting the three guys he kills off screen with a pencil with a fucking pencil. Pencil. Yes. Not counting that at all. And that's another thing I love about Vigo. He says, fucking, he doesn't say fucking like we would say fucking because he's Russian. So he's like with a fucking pencil. (laughs) It's so great. So I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see John Wick too. We're going to go to that. uh, We're going to go see in theaters tomorrow, right? Yeah, I want to. That would be great. Yeah, we'll go see in theaters tomorrow. The, the, the story of John Wick starts, of John Wick, the original, starts and ends with a dog. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he gets the dog from his de- now dead wife. The dog doesn't make it through the day. Um, but then the th- right after he's done all his uh, work and he is, he, there's a scene which I'm not going to, we're not going to spoil here okay. because okay. it's worth seeing because it's cringeworthy, mm-hmm. um, where he kills, uh, he has the final battle and he kills his, all his enemies or whatever. He gets stabbed and he drives himself to a veterinary clinic so that he's not, you know, not on the radar and, right. he, and he stitches himself up. I love this. We go, we go and you're like, uh, we, what, we were watching a scene or something. Yeah. We, we were looking, oh, I remember. Cause you said you got really squicked out by, um, when Marcus dies, Marcus is a friend of his hitman yeah. and is sort of his guardian angel hitman. And, uh, he dies, spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said when he got when he got killed, it wasn't nearly as bad as when he got stabbed. Yeah. He got stabbed in the leg, which I think was funny. So we went to look at that. And there's also the scene where he stitches himself up or staples himself up in the veterinary clinic. Mm-hmm. And you were super squicked out by that. I'm like, but he just got stabbed and shot at and everything else. You're like, I know, but staples. <laughs> <This is crazy. laughs> but he, the last thing that happens is he has a dog um, that he lets out of one of the kennels and takes out of the vet with yeah. him. And that dog, I believe, is in John Wick 2. Okay. Because I, I've seen I, the trailers. I, that dog better not die and be super pissed. You can't dip, you right. can't dip your toe in that twice. Right. So we'll finish up. We got a bunch of links over at scottsigler.com slash podcast slash John Wick. And one of those, those links will be a new Freddie W video, who's another one of the, the star kids on the YouTube. Oh my goodness. And this is Do what? you have a gun or a badge? Because I think you might need to surrender oh, your gun and your I'm badge. A wa- dude, I'm a wild card. I've I mean, told you this. I'm a loose, I'm a loose cannon. But you're not. You're a crotchety old cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and anyways, Freddie does absolutely amazing, amazing stuff. This is one of his best ones. This is what if John Wick dies and the dog takes revenge. <laughs> it's brilliant and wonderful. Uh, I think I think that's it for our fast and furious loose cannon wild card. Take your gun and your badge, bust you down to traffic division, get out of my office and go do some good out there. John Wick review. Yes, it is. So um, I was the, my, the last thing I'll say, because you named two of your favorite parts of the movie. Okay. Okay. I believe that this is better in the original than in the sequel. Me personally, I like it better. The movie poster is lights out for, for John one, Wick. For one? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's John Wick holding um, a gun toward like he's going to shoot you. Yes. And the barrel of the gun is the O in John. Oh, I see. It's great. Okay. Uh, and okay. then this one, he's got, it's a little rougher. I wonder if John Wick 2 picks up right after the first one ends mm-hmm. because he's, 
I, in the trailers I've seen, he's kind of already beat up and stuff like that. Well, who's, oh, shoot. Who's the, who's the bad guy in it? Who is also, uh, his mentor in, uh, Ian McShane. No. Um, who was it? Who was his mentor in the, uh, the matrix movies? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is in John Wick too. So oh. I'm super, super excited. And Lawrence Fishburne gets to be way over the top this time. Somebody please get this man a gun. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to see. It's gonna be great. All right. I so think that, that that's was it. it. I, uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us for um, the fast and furious version of our John Wick story smack. We should be back in back on track and, and back in uh, our normal form. Yes. As long yes. as I keep my gun on my badge. Um, well, you know, you, you can come back and you can be, you know, you can be wild card. You can be X cop, <laughs> right? X cop. So coming up real quick next week, we've got the 25th anniversary of Wayne's world. And then on Friday, February 24th, we will be ranking all of the Wolverine movies in a very scientific, non-arguable mode. What we say goes, that's the way it is. I mean, that is absolutely not that's scientific. 100% scientific that's not and true science. but science works exactly the opposite great way. then we're going to lay down the gospel of the wolverine and Better. that's not arguable and on march 3rd we are doing uh, a retrospective for lethal weapon because lethal weapon will be 30 30 years, years old, old. Yes. so if you guys are uh, subs- have not yet subscribed please do so you can go to scottsigler.com sign up for that you'll also get a free uh, story episode fiction episode on sundays right now we're Uh, running pandemic and we will be back next week talk to you then bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.